become pretty important looking, don't they? But you still don't really know them. It's easier to introduce somebody you really kind of know, isn't it? What happens if somebody asks you who the Holy Spirit is? Do you know how to introduce Him? Well, if you're in the Christian church or Church of Christ or mainline denominational church, usually you don't want to talk about that. Now, if you're Assembly of God, you're going to talk all day about the Holy Spirit. If you're in a Pentecostal church, how oh, y'all over it? Yes. If you're in a black Pentecostal church, you'll never get through talking about the Holy Spirit. Can I get a smile out of you? What happens if we raise our hands in the service? That's a good thing. If somebody comes up with a gun and says, stick them up, they're going to rob you, what's the first thing you do? They want to see both hands and make sure they're empty. Amen? Now, I've never seen yet anybody that got robbed and the guy said, stick them up, and you stuck your hands in your pockets. Not a, not a warrant. Not but boy, when we say now, Holy Spirit's here, surrender to the Holy Spirit, what's the first thing we do? Now, some that have found a touch of the Spirit in their life will go this far. My granddaughter and I, when we're in restaurants, we do this. And we dance and our eyes close and my wife has to hit me and say, quit! Because everybody around us is watching. But you know what? I don't care. You know why? Because I'm with my granddaughter and we're just praising the Lord. You see, if I'm inhibited by being introduced to a guest or to someone, I shouldn't be. So today, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is given to us with a purpose. In John chapter 16 and verse 13, we read it earlier, we need to read it again. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own. I love that. He will not speak on His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. Are you catching that? He will also declare to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit... Let me give you a little bit more. He's the third person of the Trinity. There's the Father at the top. There's the Son. It's like a triangle. And there's the Holy Spirit. All of them equal sides. All of them work. The top dog is the dog that calls the shots. Right there. He's the Father. In your house, there's the Father, there's the Mom, and there's the kids. How do you like that? Don't like it. Okay, well, that's all right. It's not yours to like if you're a kid. It's for yours to accept. And the sooner that you learn obedience to your parents, it's the quicker, the quicker you can learn to be obedient to Jesus. Because the parents were given to you to teach you how to be obedient to God. Now, some parents don't do it very well. They yell and scream and hoot and holler and beat you to death. Gotcha. Don't you know there's times when God's yelling and screaming at us? What is wrong with you? 
I can see God every day in my life going, what in the world is it? Any of you? <laughs> and then occasionally he does what we'll testify to. He'll throw us something that we never thought would be possible. Like that. For us to do what? Wow, that was coincidence, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it's for us to fall on our knees and praise him. Did you, did you, were you once active in your faith with God and now you're not? You see, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is also a personality who thinks intelligently. He is not an it. He is a him. He can be grieved, rejected, or resisted. He can be, operates through the Word of God to convert the unsaved. He becomes a permanent resident in the life of the believer when they repent of their sins and are baptized. Now, I've got scriptures attached to all these statements. He must live within the believer, showing the believer belongs to Christ. He gives the believer the ability to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You want to show yourself full of the Spirit? There's nine of them right there. Demonstrate it. Well, I don't speak in tongues. Fine. How about be a great, patient person? Well, I've never, I've never jumped a pew. That's good. Overdo yourself with goodness. That's one of them. He provides the believer with special gifts to be used within the body of Christ. When you've got a gift, use it or lose it. If you see a need in the body, fill it. I needed cooks last week for 4th of July. We had a great fun day, didn't we? I bet 60 plus people hung around. It was awesome. Yes, ma'am. We got it, sister. We got it. Wondered who hung it, but now we know. It got used. But I asked, I asked for volunteers to, to grill. Two guys volunteered. One ended up cooking. By the time church was over, it was all done. We were ready to eat, weren't we? That was awesome. I had one lady that was in charge of the kitchen. All of a sudden, 20 show up to help out. Huh. There it is right there. You see what I'm saying? Don't wait to be asked. If you feel the prompting of God, move. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Each of us have gifts that we're given. Use the gift. Use the gift. If you have a gift of administration, oh Lord, we need you. Because I don't. And some of you are finding that out more and more all the time, that I don't have a very good gift of administration. So if you do, please help. Three basic truths I want you to learn from these passages I mentioned earlier about the Holy Spirit. I hope you leave here with Him. I want to make sure you, I introduce Him to you in a good and powerful way so that you can leave here with a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Because in order to live outside yourself, you've got to live for someone else. Psychologists will tell you when you have a trauma or a traumatic event or a tragic event in your life, the greatest way to overcome that and to get back into real life is to begin to not feel sorry for yourself, but then to give outside yourself to other people. 
Have any of you experienced what I've just been talking about? Okay. You know. You know. Now, you can stay on the pity pot and stay there all day. And your lip will get as deep as it can get pushed out all the way. In fact, it'll reach from the, from the bottom of your uh, mouth all the way down to the ground. Some people's lip is that long. Or you can suck that lip up, get up off the pot, and go do what God's called you to do. Because tragedy happens to all of us every day in every way. You don't think so? Why don't you go walk the halls of the hospital? Go walk the halls of the hospital. I'll bet you'll find one or two people up there that are grieving. Ashley's cousin, 24 years old, stage 2 cancer. 24-year-olds aren't supposed to get stage 2 cancer. Right? We're going to look, first of all, in Genesis chapter 1. Because I want you to understand... That the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. He is all-powerful. Verse 2, specifically, Genesis 1. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering. I want you to underline that. Highlight it. Circle it. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, the effect and the very power and presence at the moment of creation is awesome and mysterious. And the words, the earth was formless and empty or void, darkness covering the surface of the deep, the watery depths. Well, that's sinister looking, isn't it? Shapeless. Purposeless, a blob of matter tumbling through space with no direction, no observable reason for existence. And then the Spirit of God is hovering over this blob, this mysterious, formless void. Can you see the hovering? Much like a bird hovers over its young. We have a nest in our backyard built in the crook of the house in the gutter. There's a, a, a perfectly formed nest right there. And I love to take my granddaughter outside and we go look to see if there's any birds in there. And all sure enough, we'll find a mama bird sitting up in there just looking around. And Kelsey asked her, said, Grandpa, what's she doing up there? I said, she's watching us. Why is she watching us? I said, because she's afraid we're going to come up there and get something in her nest. Well, what's in there? I said, little eggs are in there. And she's hovering over her eggs. Now, she doesn't understand all that. I don't even sometimes understand it all myself. But I sure love the picture. Holy Spirit hovers. Brooding is the original word. Brooding. Now, I don't know about you, but I've watched some human mothers brood over their children. I saw a mother one time whose son was a pitcher in Little League Baseball. Brood over her son. She read somewhere that 
line drives can come from the bat of that batter and hit the chest area of that pitcher and kill that child. Well, that mother brooded over that child and made sure that he was extra protected, so she found a pitcher's vest that he got to wear while he pitched. He never got hit in the chest with a line drive. And he said, Dad, do I have to wear this? I said, you look at that girl over there and you tell me whether you've got to wear that or not. He wore it. Gave us something to talk about years later. Mothers brood over their children, don't they? Oh, you might pick on me, but don't you dare pick on my children. We've got coaches sitting right up here on the front row. They're laughing. They're going, hmm. We've got Hall of Fame coaches sitting here. And yet there are parents who are smarter than these Hall of Fame coaches. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like we're smarter than God, aren't we? The power of the Holy Spirit brooded, hovered. Oh, I love it. Recently, have you heard the, the story where they found the God particle? Scientists have found the God particle. And the way they describe it is, we split an atom so far that now we know the glue that holds it all together. Really? Really? I want to ask you, who put that article, that particle in there so you could find it? Hmm? And isn't it interesting they call it the God particle? particle. Hmm. I didn't hear them call it the atheist particle. I didn't hear them call it the mousy tongue article. They call it the God particle. Really? Hebrews chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. In these last days God has spoken to us in His Son. If they'd have just read the Bible <laughs> they would have found out a long time ago. Whom He appointed heir of all things through whom also He made the world, and He is the radiance of His glory, the exact representation of His nature, and upholds, holds together all things by the word of His power. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the glue. God's the glue. But at least they're smart enough to call it God particle. Oh, I won't last to be calling God particle. They'll have to change the name of it because it's not politically correct to call it the God particle. I can only imagine what it will become like down the road. It'll be a global warming particle. I saw a cartoon this week where a grandson was asking the granddad, Granddad, did you guys have global warming in your day? He said, yeah, we call it a heat wave. <laughs> the creative power of the Spirit hovers over the physical world helping it come into existence. But that was not God's ultimate concern. God's ultimate concern is His love and mercy through which His Spirit hovers over that lost person to bring them to life from death. The Holy Spirit is pricking and prodding and hovering and brooding because He wants none, none to be lost. Second thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit. He's all-powerful. Secondly, He's all-wise. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10 and 11, it says, Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Verse 11, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man that is in him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Underline that. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. You cannot kid a kidder. <laughs> if you have overcome an addiction in your life, you know how to overcome an addiction. And when you meet somebody that has that same addiction and they tell you all the things they're doing to overcome it, what do you do? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm just going to tell it to be gone in the name of Jesus. Well, that's a good start. But in order for you to believe that that could happen, you've got to have a deep faith in God that it could happen <laughs> and would happen. The dad drinking beer and telling his boy, sure don't want you to drink this beer now. Don't you get started drinking beer while he's knocking them back. Smoking a cigarette. Sure don't want you to get involved in this old nasty habit of smoking. <laughs> yeah, now don't you do it now. Don't you do it. Do as I say, do. Don't do as I do. <laughs> no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Wow. How deep is the knowledge of God? That song we sang earlier, how deep the Father's love for us. We can't even imagine the depth of His love. The Spirit of God knows the very thoughts of God. God wants to communicate His love to us and how deep He loves us. And the Spirit assists Him in doing that. But if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't allow the Spirit to prompt you and you're not in the Word enough for His Spirit to even prick you, He can't do much deep development Holy Spirit's a person he possesses intellect he knows he knows the deep things of God and there is a lot to know about God you will never exhaust what you need to know about God the Holy Spirit's knowledge of God also includes all the divine truth that comes from God and the first requirement of a good teacher is not a charismatic personality or a good vocabulary or a winsome way with people, but knowledge of the subject that they teach. If I had a daughter and wanted her to learn how to play basketball, I'm going to get her to Darlene. If I have a son that wants to learn how to play football, I'm going to get him to these two brothers that have played football for a long time. If I, want to, if I have a son that wants to pitch baseball, I've got a baseball pitching coach sitting in the back. I'm going to find him, and I'm going to get that kid to him so he can teach. Amen? Isn't that, isn't that what we're going to do? And then if I'm smart enough, I'll get out of the way and let them teach them. <laughs> Instead of them teaching them and me taking them home and saying, no, 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 no. Here's how you do it, and you do that the right way. Poor old kid has no idea what to do. We've got to be smart enough to let others that know more 
teach them. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us. But He cannot teach us what we don't give Him stuff to teach. You've got to be in the Word. You've got to be more than just reading it casually. You've got to want to know what it says. How many of you were actively attending church and then you're you're haphazard now at it? How many of you are reading the Bible every day? I mean, you were in it every stinking day. I mean, you were, boy, you were really, oh, 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 I can't wait to get there. And all of a sudden, I'm so busy. Preacher, you just don't understand how rough my life is. It's probably because you quit getting in the Word every day. Yeah, but I, I need a Bible study. You are the Bible study. Open it up and start reading and ask yourself the question, what's he saying? I don't know. Write it down. Call me. We'll talk about it. Find somebody that will... You see what I'm saying? How hungry are you to want to know? How hungry are you? Well, no, I'm just always going to believe what I've always believed because that's the way I've always believed and that's the way it's going to be and that's the way I'm going to be. I'm not going to do anything different. Well, la-ti-da. Holy Spirit can't get much done with you. Parents, when your kids refuse to listen to you, what do you end up doing? Killing them. I know that. Yeah. Well, at least it crosses your mind. When they won't listen, you pray for them and you pray and you hope and you look. You keep encouraging. You keep trying. and You don't ever throw up your hands and quit. Neither does God. Neither should you. In Ephesians 4, it says, Paul warns us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Grief is a sign of emotion. A person must have the ability to love before love can be grieved. Holy Spirit, who is one with God, loves every believer. And He indwells us. He lives in us. Isn't that awesome? Parents grieve when children make bad choices, so the Holy Spirit grieves when we fail to respond to God's teaching and guidance. Third thing I want you to know, all-powerful, Number three is everywhere present. Psalm 139. Pick it up at verse 7. Underline this question. Where can I go to escape your spirit? This is in the Old Testament now. David talking, psalmist talking. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to make my bed in hell, you're there. If I live on the eastern horizon or settle on the western limits, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. (laughs) Wow. You can't hide. You can't go anywhere that you can't find him, and he's going to find you. You ever tried? You ever tried to hide from God? You ever tried to... Surveillance cameras are everywhere today, aren't they? Sometimes they catch the stuff you want them to catch, and then sometimes they catch things that just kind of make you go, huh? I got a video I want you to see that hopefully will describe that for you. Oh, 
banks oh there's cameras everywhere seeing all kinds of stuff and you ever you ever seen some of them the stupid stupid uh, uh, criminal things oh they're they're hilarious guys that run into walls and they have no idea uh, I like the one where the Cheetos commercial we've seen it lately two bank robbers come in and say you know we fill up our bags and say hey we're on break man find somebody else and they're eating Cheetos and the guys go uh, what do we do it's amazing but we think we can escape the eyes of God you can't he's gonna see you he knows what you're up to it's like a mom when you have a child a mom develops a new set of eyes not just the two in the front but these that see behind and on each side it's under that hair you can't see them but I'm telling you you can be doing something and you swear they're not looking at you and they'll say stop it And immediately you stop, don't you? It's like driving. You're doing the speed limit, but you see a police car, you hit the brakes. Because we're used to breaking the law. So we, we must be breaking this, so let's stop right now. Despite our disobedience, despite our rebellion, the Spirit is everywhere present. He continues to own us. He continues to indwell us. He continues to care about us. He is in us. And the beauty of all of this lies in the truth that God never stops pursuing us. Would you consider that God loves you enough to pursue you? No matter how far you've run away, He's going to pursue you, much like the story of the shepherd who, went to, who got all the sheep settled and then went to find the one lost sheep. And the picture is, once he finds the sheep, he doesn't grab the sheep and beat it. He grabs the sheep and puts it up over his shoulder and carries the sheep back to safety. That's the God I know. That's the God you know. And that's the God who pursues us every day. So when we've screwed up, when we've said wrong things, when we have been to wrong places, we've looked at wrong things, we've read the wrong words, we've messed up. He's pursuing us to love us and to carry us back to safety. And He sends His Holy Spirit to round us up. To round us up. Because He cares and loves us so much. Often we can't sense the presence of God in our lives because of the darkness of sin that we continue to hang on to. Oh, today, that the shadows of worry and anxiety and the shades of suffering and death and the awful problems of disease and suffering would all be pushed aside as we release the Holy Spirit to minister to our lives. As we release the Holy Spirit to do what He needs to do. Well, preacher, I'll tell you, if he's going to cause me to throw my hands up, I don't want anything to do with him. Oh, yes, you do. Because to throw my hands up simply means I surrender all. I surrender all. That's a song, isn't it? 
But for most of us, we sing, I surrender something. I surrender something. Some things to Jesus. Some things to Jesus. I surrender something. But he wants us to surrender it all, doesn't he? Every piece of it. All of it. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful, all-wise, and ever-present. So what is there to fear? What is there to fear? Romans 8.16, Paul reminds us that the Holy Spirit within us testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. When Cindy had her wreck two years ago, somebody got her cell phone and called me. She didn't call me. Somebody else called me. I don't know about you, that's a pretty disconcerting phone call to receive. And the first thing he said is, sir, I just want you to know she is just fine. I said, I'm on my way. So as I got on the creek turnpike heading to where her car was, all I saw was her car laying on its side. Then I finally saw her. And I still tear up to this day because it was the most precious sight I could ever see. That she could look up at me and I could hug her again because the outcome could have been a lot different. She had the wherewithal to climb out of the sunroof of the car because she couldn't get the door open. The Holy Spirit wants you, and he wants you bad. And he wants to touch you. He wants to lift you. He wants to encourage you. And he wants to lead you to salvation. So whatever burden you're carrying today, whatever obstacle is in your way, Let it go. Let it go. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you love us with an everlasting love. You love us enough to send Jesus. Jesus came and he walked among us And our only response is that we killed him. Because he had the audacity to challenge our thought process. But what's even more amazing to me, Father, is that you send us Jesus, and not only Jesus, but then you send us your spirit. Your spirit that says, I'm coming to live in you. We don't deserve this. We spit in your face every day. We look in the mirror and lie to ourselves and we lie to you. 
Because when we tell you that we're going to do things the right way, oh God, would we not grieve your spirit again? Will we quit grieving you? And will we respond to you in the right way? We love you. And we love you and thank you for loving us. And God, my challenge today to the people hearing me today and who will hear this later by recorded message is that each of us will search our soul and release your spirit to do what he needs to do so that we can be sold out wholly committed, totally focused on you. It takes a lot of courage. But God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you that, he, that you love me enough to give me this gift of the Spirit as a guarantee of my salvation. Are there others today who would pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I accept you today for what you are and what you've done. And Father, I thank you that you sent your spirit to move me, to prod me, to prick me, encourage me to teach me and so now God I commit my life today to be more sensitive to the prompting of your spirit to the movement of your spirit I commit my life to you so that you can do something great through me we love you Lord Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.